Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fabulous episode of My Orgasmic Life. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. Hello. So um, for everybody who gets to watch me, I am wearing, and I'm just going to describe this because you're like, ooh, what's she up to now? So I'm wearing um, my cute head a hairband that is looks has a butterfly and I wanted to really drop into joy today so that's why I put them on so if you want to see what I look like with them um, go find this episode on YouTube okay all right so before we get into our topic let's talk about a couple of housekeeping things so the first housekeeping thing is huh, Let's just all relax for a second and let's just breathe. Take a deep breath in. Exhale and relax. And one more. Breathe in, squeeze. Do your genital squeezing while we're doing this. So squeeze, exhale and relax. And one more. Breathe in, squeeze. Exhale and relax. <sighs> okay, so the first thing is now that we're more relaxed and calm and zen, is today's episode is brought to you by Tickle.life. The second thing is don't forget to, to tip your hostess um, to help if you really get lots of like lots of joy from the content that I create from this podcast, My Orgasmic Life help support me and you can do that easily through joining my patreon okay so today we're going to talk about some light things and some heavy things but i want to talk to you about grief so a couple of weeks ago i had to put down my dog and um my dog i love my dog um he was my best friend, my companion. Um, he was with me always. Uh, you know, he was my adventure buddy. He was everything to me. And he had gotten old. And so, you know, his hips started to go. And it was time before he couldn't actually get up um, to help him pass on to his next adventure. So that brought up a lot of so i've spent the last couple of weeks grieving spend a lot of time crying a lot of time grieving a lot of time being sad a lot of time um feeling numb there's been a whole gamut of a range of emotions that have been going on for me um, which is what happens when we grieve whether it's the death of uh, a, a pet, a family pet, whether it's the death of somebody close to us, whether it's death of people, we all, when death happens, we all grieve. And there, in some ways, we're always grieving the loss of something. So it, it may be actual death where someone that's really close to us or a, you know, a pet is close to us has died, or this will also apply, our conversation will also apply to things where there's expectations or there's attachments and there's a grieving of a loss, a loss of a job, a loss of health, a loss of, um, you know, a relationship, all of those places, 
those are when we lose something it's the equivalent of death and there's a grieving process and the level of that grieving process varies depending on um, how attached how close um, how important that expectation that that interaction that person was to us so there's many many different wonderful resources around grieving uh, there are books, there's therapists, there's, there's tons of things at the, the different stages of grieving. But what I want to talk to you about is how do we like sit with our grief and allow our grief to move, let us move through our grief while we also choose to live. And so this is the piece I wanted to talk to you about today was about the choosing joy and laughter and living in the midst of your grieving. So far, so good. I haven't cried yet. <laughs> Although the podcast is podcast is early, so who knows what's going to happen here? Because again, I'm just surrendering to my grieving, my grief. So one of the things that was happening for me, and often happens for me when I am grieving death, is that. I go through an ebb and flow. So I will go really deeply into the sorrow and the sadness. And um, then it's almost like I feel like it's swallowing me whole. And so that I don't get lost in it. I have found these are some of the tools that I have used so that I don't get lost in the in that sadness in the in the the the, the missing and the longing and the emptiness of the grief is that I choose happiness and I have to consciously choose it joy uh, happiness life it's, it's like I'm choosing instead of being in the mire of death I am choosing the lightness of life and so finding ways and moments to offset the depth of the grief of the sadness of death i counterbalance that by finding silly things laughter um, beauty in the world um, doing things like this morning i was quite sad and i'm like okay but i want to talk to you guys and i can't show up for you guys if I'm crying the whole entire time. Not to mention it ruins my makeup. <laughs> okay, so I was like, all right, how am I going to change this place of sadness? Because for me, the morning is always the hardest time because that's when I spent the most time with my, my pet, my, my dog Zeus. And every morning, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna celebrate him. I'm gonna honor him for a moment. And I'm gonna share a little bit of a story with you about him. And so this is another part of the grieving process is to also honor and celebrate the joy and the memories of the person or animal that you are grieving. So every morning for eight years, I would say, come on, Zeus. And he would hop up on the bed. And so my dog was a South African Mastiff. And he was huge, giant. He was like 135 pounds. And when he laid out, he was as long as I was. So, and he loved to spoon. 
That was his favorite thing. He was like a cuddle. He was a cuddle slut. That's what he was. He could not get enough cuddles. And so every morning we would have our cuddle time. And so I would like, come on, Zeus. And he'd get up on the bed and we'd like get into position where he'd like lay down and I would like, he'd lay down cradled in my arm, my, his head, his giant head, which is bigger than my head, would lay in my arm. And then he'd position himself, wiggle up against me so that I was spooning him. And we would lay and cuddle for about 10 minutes. And then I would sing him a song. So this was our morning ritual. I would sing him the song and I'd be like, good morning to you. Good morning to you. I love you, my Zeusy. Good morning to you. Good morning to me. Good morning to me. I love me. I love me. I really love me. Ooh, there's some tears. <sighs> and then we would get out of bed and we would go for our morning walk. And while we would go on our morning walk, and it was always so funny because the neighbors thought, you know, me and him were hilarious because um, I would go say hi because I'm a little bit of a tree. I'm not a little bit, I'm a whole, big time elemental witchy tree hugger. <laughs> so I go say hi to all the trees in the neighborhood and all the big trees in the neighborhood. And I would go hug them. And so one side of me would be hugging the tree and Zeus would be saying his good mornings to the tree by peeing on the other side. And in the beginning of us figuring this routine out, sometimes, uh, you know, I had to make sure I was in the right angle and he was in the right angle so that I didn't end up getting uh, peed on by the Zeus when he was saying hi to the tree. <laughs> So mornings are the roughest. Mornings are the, the bumpiest of where I miss him the most. So this morning, I'm like, okay, I want to share this with you guys, though, before I'm all the way through on the other side of the grief. And I want to give you these tools and, and share, you know, that's part of my orgasmic life is about being real and raw and vulnerable and sharing all of who I am with you guys. And that's what it means to be orgasmic and to live an orgasmic life is about not denying who we are and not just living in the joy and the bliss space, but also in really dropping into living every emotion and every moment fully, but not staying attached or stuck into each one of them. So as you can see, everybody who is watching me, I just, I just dropped into joy. I dropped into sadness. I've dropped back into like, now I'm celebrating and laughing, like all of those sequence of emotional roller coaster, but all of it was real and all of it was true. And that's the piece about grieving or any life emotional experience is that you want to feel everything fully, but not stay stuck in it allow yourself to move through it. And so when we get stuck in a thing, so this is where, this is the piece that I really want you to take home with you today, is that when we get stuck in emotion, we have to do a counter, uh, over the top counter action to pull us out of that place of being stuck. So this morning I was sitting in that sadness space and I was you know, really worried that I wasn't gonna get out of sadness this morning to be able to show up for you guys. 
And so I'm like, okay, what can I do to bring joy? What can I do to make me laugh and make me smile? And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to put on my, my butterfly head, you know, hairband. And that butterfly hairband always makes, brings me smile. And I'm going to put my hair in pigtails because they always bring me joy and they put a smile on my face. And then once I was finished doing that and, be, and you know, I was almost in that space of like, you know, the get, being able to show up for you guys in this place of joy and groundedness, I needed one more big dose of like laughter and to help change, switch my biochemical experience that was happening in my body. So I did my puffer fish. And so I'm going to do my puffer fish for everybody who is watching me so you can see what the puffer fish this this works every time there's no time no matter how sad how angry how afraid no matter what emotion I am when I pull out the big guns which is the puffer fish it always changes my emotional state okay so what the puffer fish is and I'll describe it before I do it is I blow up my cheeks I close my mouth, I blow up my cheeks, and I stick my hands in front of my ears. <laughs> I move my hands back and forth like they're fins. <laughs> and as you can see, I just did it. And look, I'm laughing. Okay. So that's my secret weapon, the proficient my secret weapon. And then my secondary secret weapon of uh, emotional state change is my evil cackle. This always makes me laugh. So here it is. Okay, you ready for it? <laughs> See, it makes me laugh. So that's my second secret weapon of, of changing my emotional state. The third thing that I use is finding beauty. And the beauty can be, and, and really dropping into like the smallest thing that brings beauty. So like finding a spider web that still has morning dew on it and the sun shining through that spider web and really focusing on the rainbows that are coming off of the the dew that is on the spider web or finding one little dew drop on a piece of glass or on a piece of grass and really focusing on that dew drop or looking at the sky and seeing the clouds or seeing the sky or finding some animal or bird or something around me that's usually nature-based that brings a sense of wonderment and awe that no matter how dark I may feel, no matter how sad I may feel, no matter how empty I may feel, the world is filled with incredible beauty, especially the natural world. And what that does is that helps me to kind of take a moment and just take a step out of 
the sadness, out of the grief, out of the anger, out of the darkness, out of the numbness, out of whatever it is, whatever phase and whatever state I'm in, that is not that I'm worried that I'm going to, that I've been in it for too long and I need a reprieve, that's, will bring me out of it and allow me to drop into the gratitude and joy and wonderment of being alive. And then the, the fourth tool that I find is really helpful. And of course, because of being, you know, the sex expert that I am and the orgasmic goddess that I am, um, is to have an orgasm, to really drop into the sensations of my body and to build pleasure in my body and to release that pleasure will help to dissipate and allow my emotions to move through me quicker. It'll allow me to drop into the pleasure possibilities and it'll allow me to really embrace life force energy because that's what sexual sexual energy is, is life force energy. And so while I'm do, going through my grieving process, I need to have a counterbalance. So that's that piece around, you know, acknowledging death and moving through death, but also choosing life. And the last thing I want to leave you with is the feeling of dealing with guilt. And, you know, some people call it survivor's guilt. There's all sorts of different clinical terms for it. But fundamentally, it's the guilt of feeling bad if you move on when somebody or something has died. So for the first week, and this would this is constantly would happen, is the first week I would find, and I wasn't crying constantly and constantly missing Zeus, um, and I would find joy. I would find like have a moment of joy and laughter and I would be like, you know, planning my future and, and finding new possibilities of going about my day or I wasn't thinking about him. And, and each time that that would happen in the beginning, I felt really bad. I felt guilty. Like I was supposed to be in this really dark place of mourning. And, and I just had to keep telling myself that you know, Zeus would never want me to be sad, would never want me to be, stay in this place of grieving. Um, he would want me to live fully as he lived fully. He lived fully, completely. He was always living fully and completely. And that's, and, and those are the lessons that he taught me. And so by me dishonoring or pretend or trying not to find joy or not to be happy or feeling bad about being happy is was dishonoring him. And so that's how I moved through that piece of feeling guilty about being okay, about not crying, about celebrating, about life, about living, about all those things. And the truth is, is whether we're talking about a pet or we're talking about a person, it still applies. That person who you, who you has passed on and moved on to their next adventure, depending on what you believe happens after death, um, will vary. They don't want you to stay in a place of misery and, and, and hurt and, and they, yes, cry, grieve, feel, but don't stay there. That's not honoring them. That's not honoring their life. It's not honoring what they, what they, the contributions that they gave to you. It's not honoring the lessons and the teachings that they gave to you or that what they brought to you. They don't want you to suffer. They don't want you to stay in this place. 
So that's what I wanted to share with you. I wanted to give you an insight into how I've moved through grief and maybe some of some of yous are going through grief as there's been lots of loss over the last couple of years um, for many different reasons. Um, and I hope that this is inspiring and helpful. And if you need extra support on how to, you know, use some other tools to navigate moving out of that place of despair and moving out of that place of the darkness and moving out of the place of the death part of it and starting to move into um, embracing and honoring the life that you have and the life that you have available to create for yourself, um, reach out to me, okay? And I can help you through that process. The best way to reach to me, reach me is to go to my hub, uh, GaiaMorissette.com. This actually is the gateway to all the things that I do in the world. Don't forget to support your hostess, which is me and the content of my orgasmic life. Um, you can do that by becoming a Patreon member. And, um, you know, I think you're incredible. And thanks for listening. And thanks for being with me. And thanks for always having my back. It makes it, it makes it easier for me to show up for you guys because I know you guys got my back. Mwah. Have a wonderful day. Find as much beauty and life and laughter and pleasure and joy that you can today. Love yous. See you next time. Talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs>